Hi, this is Dr. David, and I want to welcome you back to the Fresh Start with Dr. David podcast. It is Monday, May the 8th, 2023, and I'm so glad to hear you, have you here today. Um, and I'm going to talk about a, uh, a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. I just hadn't gotten around to it yet because it covers so many different areas of our lives and affects us in so many ways. Um, it actually has the potential to affect us in more ways than almost anything else, um, aside from emotions like love and hate and, you know, mental processes like planning ahead and things like that. But uh, I'm definitely going to dive into it today, uh, but it's, it's very expansive. Um, so welcome back. Um, it has been, I think, maybe a week or actually less than a week since I recorded um, some episodes. So be sure to please check um, the, the podcast uh, and you can do that on any device or any program that you use, whether it's, uh, you know, Pandora or Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or YouTube or whatever. The episodes are there. Uh, in particular, I believe last week I recorded three episodes, um, and most of those episodes were pretty, I wouldn't say pretty short, but, you know, they were on the shorter shorter end of things compared to some of the other podcasts that I've done, um, and so I kind of go back and forth between doing longer podcasts and shorter, kind of more succinct ones, but I'll just tell you about the last three episodes that I did. So, um... I did uh, an episode on immigrant struggles in the United States, and actually, that one was, uh, I believe that was on like April the 29th, so that was a couple of Saturdays ago, um, maybe 12 days ago, um, and then right before that, I did an episode about Oprah Winfrey, Super Soul Sundays, Oprah's Thought for the Day newsletter, and the power of positive affirmations and motivational quotations. Uh, so I did that, and then I did an episode on quick fixes and easy, short-sighted band-aids that you should avoid in life, right? And I talked about some products out there that kind of have kind of taken that approach or said that in their advertising, although I've noticed that some of them lately, uh, including the brand Lumi, the, the deodorant Lumi, has kind of changed their strategy and their pace and their kind of message lately, which... I don't think it was because of my podcast episode, but I noticed that. And I'm guessing it's from feedback feedback that they got from surveys, <coughs> excuse me, or survey data from other people that suggested that maybe the message that they send, sending, that they were sending wasn't the right one or that didn't resonate with people. Um, and, you know, anyway, but check out those episodes. Um, the episode on immigration um, is an episode that's not just about immigration, but it's just about how we treat people who come to this country. It's also about uh, some of the inefficiencies and just kind of failure in the U.S. Postal Service. And in this case, I did a full episode uh, with a client of mine named Eden, uh, who's been here on a student visa. She's here from Israel, and her visa was lost in the mail, and it hasn't been found. And the remedies that are left for her are abysmal. So anyway, check out that episode um, about it's you know about immigrant immigrant struggles in the United States, but just basically about the U.S. Postal Service too, and just kind of like how all this works and how we're so far behind other countries. Uh, it doesn't make sense 
Um, so check out those episodes. Definitely check out the episode about Oprah Winfrey, Super Soul Sundays, uh, Oprah's Thought for the Day newsletter, and about positive affirmations and motivational quotes. Um, as I shared in that episode and as I've shared in other episodes, Oprah Winfrey was the impetus for me to write um, my books, including my two self-improvement books, uh, and also uh, The Nutrient Diet, the diet book. So um, definitely check out that episode. Um, so anyway, uh, I'm glad you're here. And so today we are going to tackle or talk about the topic of boundaries. And one of the reasons why, and I'll also say this too, this episode, this topic uh, will probably span two episodes. Um, I also have an upcoming episode that I'm going to do about COVID-19, the pandemic, and other viral things uh, that are hopping around that nobody's talking about. Um, and also just kind of about some of the trends in this country or the trends worldwide that I think we should be talking about, like AI and other things like that, which I kind of alluded to in the episode that I did on quick fixes and easy, short-sighted band-aids. But I think in a lot of ways, as a culture, as a culture that's supposed to be humane, we're going in the opposite direction of humanity. And I think that's sad. Uh, you know, maybe our next step in evolution is, 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 is to become more robotic and more computerized and more algorithmic and less human, less loving, less humane, less feeling and all those things. And it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if that weren't the case. And um, and that scares me. And I think it should scare you too. And I think that there are things that we should be doing about it to prevent that from happening. Um, and if we don't, we're going to sow the seeds of our own destruction. And in a lot of ways, I think we're already doing that. You see the, the people who, a lot of the people who are kind of the forefront of technology are all where, already kind of pulling back the reins and saying, oh, well, you know what? Maybe we need a six-month moratorium on... Um, AI and AI technologies. Well, it's kind of too late now. You've already opened Pandora's box and you can't stop it now. And you could try, but I don't think you can. Just like you can't stop viruses that you create in labs or manipulate in labs and change into something that the world can't control. It seems like we'd learn some of the stuff. I mean, I'm not a highly religious person, but you know, the Bible, the Torah, the Talmud, religious texts talk about these kind of things. And I just don't think it's a good thing. So I, I would like to continue those conversations. Uh, and I will do that in future episodes. But like I said, this episode on boundaries will po probably sp span two complete uh, episodes. So without further ado, let's get started. So the first thing is, you know, I guess kind of the obvious question. What is a boundary, right? And the, the thing about that is that's so easy to answer is stop thinking about a boundary as, as I'm talking about it as a psychological thing and think about it as a physical thing, right? What is a boundary, right? It's a line, a line drawn in the sand, a physical demarcation. It's a border. You could call it a border, right? A border is when you get close to the line that officially separates something. That's what borders are. Um, but a boundary is a demarcation line between two things or two people, right? So you can talk about boundaries between people, 
but you can talk about boundaries between you know your neighbor's property where their property ends and where your property ends or the boundaries between where your position is in a queue or a line to get you know a slice of pizza or to get a drink or to get a dinner or uh, to get a coffee from a coffee shop or whatever else right or you could talk about the boundaries between planets right or the boundaries between countries or masses land masses or all kinds of things so or the boundaries between particles right if you want to if you want to get down to that uh micro of a level you know micro if you want to go down microscopically you could talk about the boundaries between cells right the boundaries between tissues and organs the boundaries between particles i mean that's pretty deep there if you talk about the boundaries between two electrons uh and they do have boundaries right and if you take chemistry uh, especially if you take organic chemistry one and two which were two of the hardest classes that i had in college before um you know medical school and all that kind of stuff you'll you'll learn um in general chemistry and also in biochemistry about the orbital orbitals so these li these little orbital orbitals that electrons and other things travel in right and they they separate they're they're bounded by things so anyway i'm not going to go deep into that today but there are a lot of different types of boundaries and boundaries basically separate things right they represent demarcation lines and <coughs> excuse me bear with me um there are many different types of boundaries, but I'm going to talk about seven basic types of boundaries, right? There are physical boundaries, right? Which I talked about um, that separate your neighbor's yard from your yard or one country from another country or one continent for another from another. Uh, a lot of times we use water on this planet to separate those, but you know, there are demarcation lines too. And I think we use what latitude and longitude to do that um there are sexual boundaries right there are boundaries that you have about sex about what you'll do sexually and what you won't do sexually about who you allow to have you know uh you know sexual advances towards you and who you don't and who and you know the same for yourself so there are sexual boundaries um and there are emotional and mental boundaries about what you'll allow yourself to be put through or subjected to or dive into or things like that. Uh, there are spiritual and religious boundaries, right? There are lines that people don't cross spiritually or religiously, whether it's, you know, not writing the letters, the number 666 in a row for some people or not stepping in certain places or not doing certain things at certain places. There's certain things that people might do at their home or at a bar that they're not going to do at their church or their synagogue or their uh, temple, um, those types of things. There are financial and material boundaries, right? And we all know about those. There are people that you would loan money to and may loan money to and people you don't. There are some people that you give money to and other people that you don't, right? Usually the circle that people have for giving away money and loaning money is tends to be very small, right? Now the circle that they will accept money from <laughs> might be different, but the, the, the circles for giving and loaning tend to be very, very small, right? Um, because of the problems that they can create. We have boundaries about time, right? We don't want to be bothered at certain times, you know, and we, 
that's how we define our days and our nights, right? We A lot of people don't want to take business calls after a certain time. For a lot of people, it's four or five o'clock. For somebody like me, who's, you know, a, a minority uh, with a holistic mental health and wellness practice and other practices, that boundary tends to be later in the day, <clears throat> you know? And, you know, just as an, as an aside, you know, part of that is being willing to do things that other people might not have to do to achieve goals that other people might not want to or be able to achieve. That's just kind of the way that it works, the way that I look at it. Uh, I don't blame stuff on that, but I look at it as, you know what, hey, I might have to work later than some people. I might have to dig deeper. I might have to work harder. And that's just kind of the way it is. But we do have boundaries about time, about who gets our time, for how long, what we charge for our time, if it's professional or personal, uh, and how we divvy up our time, you know, relaxation time versus work time. And then there are also boundaries that go into uh, a different category that's listed here as non-negotiable boundaries, right? So, like I said, there are, those are the seven major types of boundaries. Physical boundaries, sexual boundaries, emotional slash psychological boundaries, spiritual slash religious boundaries, financial slash material boundaries, time boundaries, and then non-negotiable non-negotiable boundaries. And I think non-negotiable boundaries includes all those other categories or most of those other categories of things that we just are non-negotiable, non-starters, right? Things just that don't get done or won't be done or aren't considered, right? So I mentioned something a little bit about an example of the boundaries, but you know, some basic ones, rivers, mountain ranges, oceans, deserts, those are physical boundaries. Um, we also have political boundaries between countries or states and along physical boundaries. So, you know, uh, an example that's given here that I pulled up was the boundary between France and Spain's, Spain follows the peaks of the Pyrenees Mountains while the Alps separate France from Italy. So anyway, that just tells you something. Um, and, you know, here's a good kind of clue in terms of people who are studying or learning to study or in classes like that. Honestly, a lot of test questions are based on boundaries, right? The boundaries between this disease and that disease, it, which is what you know I kind of experienced in medical school, or the boundaries between um, you know this type of cell and that type of cell. Those tend to be exam questions. The uh, boundaries between this landmass and that landmass, this country and that that country. So boundaries tend to get tested. We tend to get tested about those, right? And in life, our boundaries tend to get tested too. So our boundaries get tested in two ways, on exams and in classes, but also in real life, right? Um, let's see, how else could a boundary be defined? Uh, a boundary is a border and it can be physical, such as a fence between two properties or abstract, such as a moral boundary that society decides it is wrong to cross. Um, if, you if you have no sense of boundaries, you probably annoy people sometimes by getting too close to them or talking about inappropriate topics, right? And that brings in the concept of emotional and mental boundaries, right? Or maybe even sexual boundaries, depending on what you're talking about, right? But generally speaking, if you cross people's boundaries, it makes them feel uncomfortable. Now, are some people able to cross some boundaries and still kind of get away with it? Absolutely, and there are people in life who are pros at that. But generally speaking, you pay a, a social price for crossing boundaries or coming too close to boundaries, right? And 
the example that I just said was one about moral boundaries, right? Some examples of moral boundaries are, you know, uh, religious texts tend to talk about those, right? Uh, boundaries like uh, usually are sins. So usually sins are one of the biggest source of boundaries that we have and or things that we consider sins. I'll just put it like that, right? That way, regardless of your religious or spiritual beliefs, uh, I'm not offending anybody. But generally speaking, when you talk about sins or wrongdoing, those are people crossing boundaries and those differ by culture, right? But some of the basics that we have uh, and I, I think um, I'm a big movie fan. So the movie Seven, which is one of my favorite movies ever, uh, with, uh, let's see, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and Kevin Spacey, and some other people. But those are the main actors in that movie. It's a brilliant movie. If you haven't ever seen it, you should see it. But they bring up um, Morgan Freeman and um, uh, the character that's played by Brad Pitt, um, who's a detective. They're both detectives. Uh, trying to find out who's killing people or committing murders. Um, but they do some search in books, and they have to go through all these different books and these different authors like Chaucer uh, and, um, you know, um, who else do they have? Maybe uh, Shakespeare or something. But Chaucer, people like that, and they talk about the seven deadly sins, right? And I... Uh, I hadn't studied these, but let me see if I can pull up a couple. Um, the seven deadly sins are sloth, envy, vanity, wrath, uh, gluttony. That's five of them. Um, I named vanity already. Uh, there are a couple of more, right? Um, but those seven deadly sins, and I think there are also seven uh, cardinal vices, as I remember from the movie. There's seven, seven deadly sins that are talked about by a particular author, and then seven cardinal, uh, um, several, seven, seven deadly sins, and then seven cardinal vices or whatever. Um, but, um, and, and uh, maybe they're the same. But basically, or seven cardinal virtues and seven seven cardinal vices, right? Vices versus virtues. But, you know, most of the sins that we recognize in our culture, the things that you just cannot do, like murder is a sin, right? But it's also against the law. So that just tells you how big of a boundary that we have on taking somebody else's life. And even by accident, it used to be the case, our boundary has changed on murder, Right. It used to be the case that you could, you know, do something and you were in a bad state of mind, like in, in the throes of a psychosis or a mental illness or under the influence of a substance or in a certain, certain state of mind, uh, like rage or something like that. Um, and you could commit a crime and kind of get away with it, even though you'd have to live with the consequences, uh, which is different for every person, depending on their personality and uh, their values and morals and ethics and principles, but you could get away with stuff. That has changed a lot. So now when people commit murder, even if it's because they're in a psych psychotic state, we're less forgiving as a society. Um, and that's true of a lot of other things too. Uh, but basically most of our sins, that we things that we consider sins are, or, or cardinal vices 
are things that we consider to be boundaries that aren't allowed to be crossed. Some of them uh, that we do more and more kind of allow to be crossed, which is taking things in the opposite direction, is things like adultery, you know? And a lot of times people try to avoid it considered it being considered to be a vice uh, or a sin by having open relationships and friends with benefits and all these other arrangements. So in some ways in society, we create, um, we change our boundaries in one direction or another. We change the boundary so it's more per permissive or we make it so that it's more restrictive. In the case of murder, and things like that that harm people we've made our laws and our policies and our kind of beliefs more restrictive like it's more restrictive about or more restricted and what you can do and kind of get away with it whereas in other things we become more permissive more permissive about sexuality more permissive about relationships more permissive about things like divorces right that was another thing that was considered a sin in the past of divorce uh, and in some places, it's still very difficult to get a divorce. Um, and if you watch the, the recent things with the, uh, the royal family and the coronation of Prince Charles and all that kind of stuff, where they kind of changed the lines of succession, uh, you can see how some of that stuff has changed because of divorce, which wasn't previously allowed. So anyway, we have boundaries about all those kind of things. Um, but let's talk about a question that can't, comes up. What does a person with no boundaries looks like? Look like? You know, that's a really good question. Well, here's an answer that I found online, uh, and I'll talk about it. Individuals who lack appropriate boundaries, and notice how they kind of frame that between appropriate and inappropriate boundaries, but individuals who lack appropriate boundaries often struggle with telling others how they feel for fear of rejection or ridicule or reprisal, struggle with feeling burdened by how others perceive them, due to a desire to people please, strive to make everyone happy with their performance at work, in school, at home, etc. Right? And I like that definition and those examples. I think those are pretty, pretty good. So I'll just say what I'd like to say about that in terms of introducing that topic and talking about it in general, and then I may dig a little bit deeper about different boundaries that we set. Basically, people who don't set boundaries allow everything in, right? And I like to use, and, and I talk about this in my book, The Nutrient Diet, but just think about a faucet system, a water system, right? You have a filtration system, and, and we use filtration systems in our water and other systems now, right? But you don't, your water, your faucet doesn't just let everything in, right? It doesn't. Our water systems don't let everything in. If you let everything in, you'd be drinking, I don't know, pills that somebody flushed in the toilet or I don't even want to go else when <laughs> some of the other things that you'd be drinking but you know just think about it you'd be drinking rocks and sand and pellets and all kinds of stuff if your sink didn't have filter filtration systems if your the water system didn't have filtration systems that's why we have filters and filtration systems right they're called filters um because you filter what comes in and you filter what comes out, right? The same thing is the opposite of, is said of people who don't have boundaries in the things that they say and what they express, right? And we kind of say that those people don't have filters, right? Um, they may be really picky about what they hear from you or what they allow you to say or do, 
but then anything just flies out of their mouth or, you know, and they just don't have a filter. Uh, they're not using boundaries. But basically, a lot of people who don't have boundaries just don't have any rules or frameworks for allowing people to treat them certain ways. So they often get taken advantage of. The, the, the other way of looking at that, too, is a lot of the times people with issues with boundaries or who lack appropriate boundaries also will do things like ask for inappropriate things and desire inappropriate things and things like that, right? Because they don't have any boundaries on relationships or things or privacy, things like that, right? Uh, they may make sexual sexual advances in circumstances that's, that are completely inappropriate. They may make jokes that kind of are inappropriate. And I'll just kind of add kind of a, a caveat about that. One of the reasons why comedy is so important in our country, uh, in our culture, and across cultures really, is, is it allows us to be honest and open up in a comical and comedic way about boundaries and things like that. So comedians talk about boundaries probably more than any other group besides psychologists, uh, therapists, uh, family therapists, marriage counselors, psychiatrists, life coaches, executive coaches, business coaches, things like that. Those are the only groups who probably, and, and let me add in religious leaders like ministers and priests and um you know, rabbis and, um, you know, Muslim clerics and things like that, right? But aside from religious figures and aside from people who work in those industries professionally, comedians probably tackle boundaries more than anything else. And that's why they make us laugh because they talk about things that most of us feel uncomfortable expressing and they do it in a way that, that makes us at ease. And that's the brilliance of comedy. And that's why, one of the reasons why, uh, I, I agree with people like uh, Bill Maher uh, and um, other comedians um, who've kind of expressed that we shouldn't be censoring what comedians do because they allow us to discuss things in a comedic way. Now, that doesn't mean that comedians can't cross the line. I mean, obviously <laughs> they can uh physically as you can imagine what i'm thinking about or even verbally right uh whether they're on stage or off stage there are lines even for comedians but the the art of comedy the artistry of comedy allows comedians to talk about things that are uncomfortable uh for the rest of us right uh, but you know that's the whole purpose of boundaries is to allow us to communicate and have relationships with people who have values, principles, beliefs, uh, personalities, principles, ethics, ethos that are different from ours, right? And that's the boundaries definition that I like to use the most. Boundaries, and you can, I think maybe this is on my website. I can't remember if it's on my website, but it's certainly something that I talk about in other episodes. Um, it is certainly in the episode that I did, uh, the couple episodes that I did for Amerigroup Insurance uh, for parenting and family dynamics and family relationships and just kind of life nuggets and health and mental health. But it's this definition. Boundaries allow us 
to have relationships and communications and engagements with people, organizations, objects, and other things that are different from us, that have different values, different belief systems, different principles, different motives, different drives, different personalities, different concerns, different interests, different goals, objectives, right? That's what boundaries are. Boundaries are the rules that allow us to engage with others in a healthy way where people don't get taken advantage of that prevent people from acting like parasites and things like that, right? Um, that's the, the way that I like to describe it. Um, they don't necessarily guarantee you're going to be happy, right? But they limit the liability, right? Boundaries limit liability. They limit the degree to which you can be harmed by a relationship that's not good or a relationship with someone who doesn't have your best interests at heart, right? And, you know, some of the boundaries of some of the seven boundary types that I just mentioned do just that. Physical boundaries, not allowing everybody to touch you uh, or brush up against you or whatever, right? Because of disease and other things. Sexual boundaries, not sleeping with everybody, right? Uh, for disease and other reasons. Um, emotional and mental boundaries so that people don't unload all their baggage on you when you pretty much probably have quite a bit of your own to deal with. Spiritual or religious boundaries, right? Where you are picky about who you engage your religious and spiritual practices with, right? And what kind of beliefs you allow in and out, you know, just like a water filtration system. Financial and material boundaries, especially because you don't want people taking advantage of you or stealing your money, right? You've got boundaries about who you give your credit card information to, your social to. Um, when I say social, I mean your social security number um, or your bank account numbers or things like that, right? You've got boundaries about time. Everybody's not going to get all your time. And even with the people that you love and care for, your friends and relatives um, and, and maybe coworkers and boss too, there are limits on what they can do time-wise too, right? Even though those change. And then you've got non-negotiable non boundaries, right? Um, and a lot of those non-negotiable boundaries are just lines that we don't cross as humans, right? Or we believe are a threat to humanity or being humane when they're crossed, right? And, we t and I mentioned some of those, like murder, right? Um, and things like that. But some of the other boundaries prevent you from getting there, right? And that's why they're set up, right? Um, that's why you have boundaries about time and finances and spirituality and emotional and sexual boundaries. So you don't end up in situations where other boundaries get crossed. So boundaries aren't necessarily concrete. Boundaries blend into other boundaries, right? And when I think of boundaries, I think about a circle, like a force field, right? you can have several force fields around you, right? Um, and we do actually. Um, and EKGs and things like that are kind of the basis of that. So your your heart has an electrical circuit. Your body gives off energy, right? That's kind of a boundary. And a lot of people have a sense of that, uh, especially people who are empathic, right? And so an example of that is 
when when you can tell from across the room when you're not looking at somebody that they're staring at you that's a boundary right that's an empathic boundary boundary it's an energetic boundary and a lot of people can feel that i can feel that i can feel even with my head turned to somebody if they're staring at me or if not right i can just feel the energy it's it's an energetic boundary um you can feel it when you're standing in line or in a queue at the grocery store or somewhere else where somebody kind of gets close to you and that's when cultural issues tend to come into play right in some cultures people stand closer to one another than in other cultures generally speaking i believe i could be wrong about this but i believe generally in westernized cultures like in the united states or maybe even places like canada or the uk people tend to stand a little bit further apart than they do in some other cultures. In some other cultures, they tend to stand closer together. Now, I don't know if that's just a function of the density of the population in which you grow up, which I think that's probably part of it, or just kind of safety concerns about being pickpocketed and things like that. You know what I mean? Um, and those uh, boundaries tend to get turned on when you're in spaces like that, right? Uh, I kind of have a greater sense of how close somebody is to me at a concert or something I don't go to on a regular basis because I don't want to be pickpocketed. Now, there are other things that you can do to create boundaries, physical boundaries about being pickpocketed, like like switching from a regular wallet um, to a card wallet and only carrying cards and putting those in your front pocket instead of your back, right? That's some of the, uh, an easy boundary you can do to prevent yourself from being pickpocketed. You might do that when you're in a foreign country. You might do that when you're at a club. You might do that when you are at a busy place, like a concert venue or something like that. But people do like that, do things like that in order to protect themselves, right? So what are healthy boundaries, right? Let's define what healthy boundaries are. And then I'll talk a little bit, I'll expand a little bit about it, right? And I'll make some suggestions about places where you should have boundaries and why during this episode. And then in the next episode, I'm gonna get dive a little bit more into boundaries uh, i could do 10 episodes on boundaries honestly uh, it's such a big topic and i would say this if you don't do anything else after you listen to this podcast create some boundaries about the people that you spend time with and the things that you do on a regular basis and i promise you it will change your life in the most positive ways the boundaries that you fail to create hold you back and the boundaries that you do create allow you to move forward, right? I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true. The more boundaries that you create about your energy, your time, your emotional space, your psychology, um, sex, social media, finances, morals, principles, ethics, things like that, the better off you are. Now, that doesn't mean that you should not be friends with people who have a different religious system or different religious belief than you or of a different ethnicity or different education or anything like that. It doesn't mean that, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Um, but at the same time, you should care about the people you spend time with, right? Now, for me, I don't have a boundary. I don't have boundaries about people with different religious beliefs. Now, if they're terrorists or something like that, that's a little bit different, right? Um, that crosses the line that goes into that category of non-negotiables for me. Right. Um, but you know, I've got friends who are Muslim. I've got friends who are Jewish, like I am. I've got friends who are Christian, like I grew up. 
Um, you know, I've got friends who are Taoists and friends who are, you know, um, every other religious, you know, affiliation you could imagine. I don't have boundaries about that, but when people commit violence, that's where I have a boundary. And I don't want to be around anybody who commits violence, regardless of whether it's in the name of religion or God or whoever they worship or not, right? That's my boundary. It's, it's about violence. And that, to me, goes back to you are kind of the company you keep. So I would not keep company with people who commit crimes or are violent, right? Generally speaking. <coughs> Excuse me. But healthy boundaries are defined as the limits you place around your time, emotions, body, and mental health to stay resilient, solid, and content with who you are. And I would add, but also be willing to change. These empowering empowering borders or boundaries protect you from being used, drained, or manipulated by others, right? But I also think that they can prevent you from growing, right? You need some boundaries so you can grow, right? Just like you can't put two plants too close together or two animals too close together. They need room to grow, right? People need room to grow. And that's why a lot of times you see relationships don't work out because people don't have enough boundaries to allow themselves to grow. Now, sometimes that keeps people together who shouldn't be together. So that's the opposite of it, the inverse of it. Sometimes boundaries prevent people from growing and it makes them fall apart or grow apart. The other way that, that it happens is people don't allow boundaries to, uh, to let them grow in different uh, dimensions and they end up growing into the same thing and they just don't grow in the other ways that they should, right? But like this says, boundaries prevent you from being used, drained, and manipulated, right? And they allow you to become resilient, solid, content with who you are. But they also allow you or should allow you to evolve and grow and improve and mature and be abundant and resilient and stupendous and all of those positive, powerful things, right? Um, so some of the ways that you could set boundaries or some of the things that you can set boundaries around, your emotional energy, right? how you feel at one time, right? Your time, how much time you give people and what you give them time for. That's the most important thing. It's not just how much time you give to whom, it's also the kind of time that you give to them, right? And time for what, right? Personal space, right? That's just your personal space being around you. You need to have some boundaries around that. Sexuality. This is a big one. A lot of people have these days. It's so sad to see. I think it was the opposite way in the past where people had too many boundaries maybe around sex. Maybe. I don't know. Um, that's a tough one. Um, but certainly today, people have so few boundaries about sex, right? I mean, none, none uh, in sexual advances. It, it's just unreal. Uh you should have boundaries around morals and ethics, right? And like I said, that doesn't mean that you can't spend time with people who have different religions than you do, or maybe even some different ethical or moral beliefs or principles than you do. But you should have some boundaries about your actions as they relate to your morals and ethics, right? You know, um, so you should have some morals about, you know, stealing, 
um, or some boundaries about stealing, some, pre some principles, morals, ethics, and boundaries around taking things that don't belong to you, uh, about mistreating other people, and, and about being honest, and about integrity, and about um, what else morally, um, about how you treat other people, about bullying other people, about taking advantage of other people, right? You should have some boundaries about that. Material possessions and finances. You should have boundaries about that too, right? About boundaries about how much money you spend and what you spend it on, right? Boundaries about spending on, on things that you need versus things that you want, right? If you don't have any boundaries about that, then you'll end up being a shopaholic and you'll spend a lot of money on things that you don't need and you won't be able to afford the things that you actually do need, right? So you wanna have boundaries about buying and spending. Um, you also, that's called a budget, right? That's a boundary that we create around money and, and spending. It's called a budget, right? That's a concrete example of a boundary about spending money, uh, a budget is. Uh, but you also wanna have boundaries about how much stuff you have, right? That's why people do spring cleaning. I mean, it's spring, it's May, it's time to clean out some stuff and rearrange some things. So you should have some boundaries about how much clutter you allow um, and how many types of things that you accumulate, whether it's shirts or suits or shoes or bags or wallets or you know whatever it is. But um, you don't wanna become a hoarder, right? Um, you should have some boundaries about finances, about how much money you spend, how often you spend money, what you spend it on. Um, and you know, those, some of those boundaries should be really active right now, depending on your financial situation because of inflation, uh, or as I call it, more likely price gouging. But you know, the current economic state in the United States should make you think about that, right? About what you're willing to spend money on and how much. How much are you willing to spend on a carton of eggs? Would you spend $10 on a carton of eggs, you know, versus two or three? It makes you think about some things. It makes you create some boundaries. Um, and, you know, that's another thing about boundaries that I'll just kind of mention while I'm thinking about it. Scarcity and plentifulness tend to change boundaries, right? When you have too much of something, if something's too plentiful or very cheap, or something is rare and scarce, then boundaries tend to change about it, right? And you see that in the price of things, right? Like the price of diamonds, the price of gold, um, things like that, right? Um, let's see, what else? Social media, this is a big one. Um, we should have a lot more boundaries on social media. And I don't mean just what you say and do on social media, which that's the first thing that pops in my mind, but how much time you spend on social media you know, you get back a return in life where you spend, where you invest. And if you invest all your time in social media instead of starting a new company or doing some consulting work or creating, then you're going to pay a price for that. It's up to you. And then you're going to look back and go, oh, well, gee, over the last 10 years, I spent, I don't know, 18,000 hours on Facebook and Instagram. And what did I get from that? Zero while a bunch of other people use the same amount of time, and I'm not just picking on Facebook and Instagram, but it could be on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Uh, but you know, you spent so much time on this thing and you could have invested that time in something that would actually get you residuals financially, 
right? That's a big mistake that a lot of people make. Uh, but social media is a good place. Um, but let me bring up the, the next one too, is technology. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of people don't have boundaries when it comes to technology. And I don't mean just how much they use technology, but what they use it for. You know what I mean? And how and when they use it. I remember one time a few years ago, uh, I went to a club that I didn't know normally go to with some friends. Uh, we usually went to to a club or a bar in Midtown, but you know this particular night somebody heard about this new club. It was like twenty bucks to get in. The drinks were really expensive too, um, but it was at this you know upscale building restaurant uh, venue in uh, Buckhead. And uh, anyway, we got there. Um, and after we got drinks, uh, and went, stood in line and all that kind of stuff, all the people standing on the dance floor were people who were significantly younger than us. They were all playing on their phones on, in the middle of the dance floor. Now that's just, I think part of that's a generational thing. When I grew up, you didn't get to just stand on the dance floor standing still. You know, when, when I started going to clubs in the 1990s, when I was in college, the early nineties. You couldn't just stand in the middle of the dance floor. You'd have to be on the side, right? You could dance on the dance floor, and you could dance as crazy as you wanted to, you know, within reason. But, you know, you couldn't slap folks dancing. If you dance that crazy, you'd get kicked out. But, you know, you couldn't just stand on the dance floor. But this experience, and this is maybe 10 years ago, a decade ago, um, maybe not less than that, maybe 20... 15, 2014, 2013, but we showed up at this club, paid all this money, and everybody was just standing on the dance floor with their phones, texting people and taking pictures, selfies. And I'm like, okay, this isn't a club. I, I don't know what this is, but this is not a club. It's not a dance club. Um, but you should have some boundaries on the technology you use and how long you use it for and how you're plugged into it, right? Some of the other groups of people now we're moving on for from uh, you know time personal space sexuality and things like that to uh people you should have boundaries with family members what they can do what they can't do and you should have boundaries in all those things i just named with family members right all those things that i just named emotional energy time personal space sexuality morals and ethics material possessions finances social media you should you should have those kind of boundaries with your family members your relatives right you should have those kind of boundaries around your friends right set boundaries with your friends R around romantic relationships right especially when it comes to like lending money and sex and morals and ethics and time things like that you should have boundaries uh set around all those things with your co-workers right especially when it comes to like lending money and sexuality and time and things like that you should definitely have boundaries about strangers and that's where the, the phrase stranger danger comes right that people teach their children stranger danger right your kids should have a lot of boundaries a ton of boundaries around what strangers how they interact with strangers right that's really really important right um you know um and this is part of what I found when I kind of looked up the topic. Though they aren't as blatantly clear as a fence, wall, or a no trespassing sign, healthy boundaries communicate to others what you will and will not tolerate. In short, boundaries empower you 
to take charge of your life, right? They do. Boundaries empower you to take charge of your life. But more than that, boundaries are proactive and preemptive. Boundaries prevent bad things from happening and they prevent the circumstances and variables that lead to bad things happening, right? And I'll just kind of throw this out here as, as just kind of as an easy example, right? Um, if you go to or start a chemistry class, right? Their chemicals are stored in certain places. Your chemist or your teacher, your chemistry teacher or whatever will have stuff stored. They don't just have hydrochloric acid just laying there on the counter, you know? That's just not how it happens. There's a reason why there are boundaries in places where acids and bases are kept to prevent explosions and stuff like that and to prevent people from getting hurt, right? Boundaries are proactive, preemptive, preventative measures to prevent people from getting hurt. Now, you, sh you don't, let me talk about balance and equilibrium. You don't want so many boundaries that people can't interact. That's not good. You don't want to grow up in a bubble, right? But you don't want to be completely accessible in every way to everybody either. You've got to find a balance, right? And I can tell you this, this is one of the reasons why people don't like boundaries because boundaries always require adjustment. Can I say that again? I'm going to say that one more time. Boundaries always and or generally require adjustment. And that's because we as people are always changing. We're not the same. You're not the same person you were yesterday. Now, for the most part you are, but not, not 100%. Um, you know, in one way, your cells replace themselves. Your organs replace themselves. Almost every organ, the brain doesn't replace itself. The heart doesn't replace itself, but almost every other organ replaces itself, right? The cells do. Um, that's called mitosis or cell division, right? That's what happens. That's what's supposed to happen, right? But you're slightly different from the way that you were a year ago and 10 years ago and things like that, right? So as you grow as a person, as you age and spend more time with people, boundaries do have to be adjusted. Time, emotional space, personal space, morals and ethics, financially, in other ways, right? Um, that certainly happens with with family and friends. Uh, it should happen with coworkers and things too. But you, you should definitely have some boundaries about strangers, right? And when I say strangers, that includes people you are newly acquainted with, right? Or uh, people that you just met recently. You've got to have boundaries. Um, um, what else about boundaries? Why you need boundaries? Well, personal boundaries are at the root of a fulfilled, balanced life. Without personal boundaries, people can quickly lose themselves in their work, in relationships, in family obligations, or service to others. They can even wind up being exploited or taken advantage of by people who do not respect them. Personal boundaries help define what you are willing to say yes to and what you decide to say no to. They give you a sense of agency and sovereignty over your decisions, right? And, you know, the other thing that boundaries do is boundaries are preventative measures that allow you to care and love yourself.
right? I recently did a two-part episode with um, with my client, uh, Phoenix Soul. It was a two-part episode. It was a great episode, actually, uh, in my opinion, about self-love and self-care. But the biggest thing about boundaries to me, uh, and I'll continue this in the next episode, the second part of this episode on boundaries, is this. You have to take care, good care, great care of yourself and you have to love yourself. And if you don't set boundaries with people, places, time, institutions, morals, ethics, finances, possessions, social media, technology, and with people, you won't be able to do that. And if you can't take care of yourself and love yourself, then you can't do it for anybody else, right? You have to stand on your own two feet. You have to first stabilize yourself and make sure that oxygen is flowing from your mask in the event of an emergency before you can help the other passengers, right? That's the biggest reason why you need boundaries. You need to be able to care and love for yourself. And once you do that, that's going to expound and grow and allow you to do the same thing for others. But if you don't do it for yourself, you're gonna fail, you're gonna collapse. Um, and then you're gonna become a burden on someone else, right? The biggest reason that you should take from this first part uh, of the episode on boundaries is boundaries allow for self-love and self-care, right? And if you don't have boundaries, you can't care and love for yourself. With that, I'm going to wrap up this first part of a two-part or maybe even three-part series, but probably just a two-part series on boundaries. I can always revisit it later on. But this week, challenge yourself. Create a boundary about a friend, a relative, about money, about time, about your energy, about your personal space. And the thing about it too is when you create that boundary, it's also going to allow you to do something new that you haven't been able to do. Because you're going to now have the time, the energy, the drive, the momentum, the enthusiasm, the motivation to do that, right? Um, because you didn't before. So boundaries allow you to do things, right? So thanks so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Please please rate the podcast. Please share it with others. Um, and then I will see you on the second part of this episode on boundaries. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye.